Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, the most hated of the GML duo. The beloved uh, Nathaniel Paul Thurston is right across from me. And today is a White Pill Wednesday. Most, white, mostly White Pill Wednesday. Mostly White Pill. You're going to mix in a few Black Pills. Did you take any Red Pills? No, just White and Black. That's all we have today. Okay. No Red no. and Blue? Mm. No, that's it. Okay, well. Now, what we'll do is we'll start with the, uh, I guess, Black Pill, the, the normal kind of news thing that we would go through. And then we'll, we'll end everything with a nice positive note. Yeah. And but there so, is a white pill in this, which means we told you so. Well, there's a white pill. Like if your white pill is that you were right about the government causing uh, hundreds of thousands of deaths or anything like that. I mean, then that's a white pill. Yeah. If you can, we can find a way to spin that, you know, that's fine. Mm. And in that case, every day is a white pill because we're right about darn near everything that we end up talking about. So darn anyway, near everything. Anyway, this is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week. If you have not hit follow or subscribe, make sure you go and do that. Tell a friend, tell a family member, go to joingml.com so you can hang out with the fine people in our live group. And that gets you the ability to vote on Dumb Bleep of the Week every single Friday. And you get to hear the meaningless, pointless conversations that take place yeah. before and after the show. Totally worthless conversations. <laughs> so if that's your kind of thing, then that's what we can do. Even more personal stories that you don't care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you thought the podcast was bad. Why don't you try being on the pre-show and the and the post-show? It's exactly. real bad. You do the math. All right, let's go with number one here. The first story, not a white pill news, unless you consider being I right. I like the picture, Russian yeah. vodka. <laughs> That's actually why I picked this one, because it had the best picture associated with it for, for those watching on the YouTubes or whatever afterwards, or live right now. Alcohol-related deaths spiked in 2020 in the 2020 pandemic lockdown study shows. So this is from the Washington Times, confirmed from all sorts of other sources. Alcohol-related deaths jumped by more than 20,000 during the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to a recent study. The analysis of mortality data from the National Center for Health Statistics found that the number and rate of alcohol-related deaths increased by more than 25% between 2019 and 2020. There were 99,000 death certificates showing alcohol as the underlying or contributing cause of death in the U.S. in 2020, up from 78,900 in 2019. That's also uh, comparable to 100,000 drug-related deaths in 2020, a rise from 78,000 a year before, which was a gain of 29%. During the first year of the pandemic, the study found that alcohol-related deaths began climbing during the first lockdown in March peaked in July, then dipped, and then peaked again in December. Hmm. When everybody was forced to stay home. Among adults younger than 65, alcohol-related deaths slightly outnumbered COVID-19 deaths in 2020, the researchers found. About 74,400 Americans aged 16 to 64 died from alcohol, as compared with 74,075 people under 65 who died from COVID-19. So that's great. That's really awesome. So we brought some, just a, a few more stats At least here. it wasn't COVID. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like we talked about, if you, what sucks is they didn't even do a good job stopping people 
from dying from COVID, you know? So, yeah. but you could say, if you want to focus all your efforts on one thing and ignore all of the other externalities that can arise from that, maybe you can focus in and stop people from dying. I guess if you literally locked everyone in their houses and they never were able to ever do anything or have any contact with anyone, uh, then maybe you could have stopped some of the deaths. But then, of course, there's a lot of other things that are going to happen from that. On the screen right here, we have a chart, two years worth of COVID-19 deaths. And so you can see the numbers here up to 64, 864. They were saying it was about 74,000 for 60, under 65 for COVID, 74,400 from alcohol. Now that's not all because of the pandemic. There were already going to be people who died from alcohol-related deaths. So what you're talking about is the increase. There was, uh, there's normally an increase of 2.2% every year, and instead it was a 25% increase. You also have the drug overdose deaths, which increased by 29%. You can't take the entire number and say that that's all because of lockdown, because there already were people dying from drug overdoses. But I, I think we both remain constant in our uh, belief that more people will end up dying from the consequences of the lockdowns, the economic consequences and social consequences of the lockdowns, uh, than would have died from COVID-19 during that time. Mm. That that will still remain to be seen. Okay, there's another just addition here to this. Well, and the other truth of the matter that we talked about a lot is humans die from all sorts of things. Yeah, there's more than one thing, S turns out. Certain turns mm -hmm. out you he can die from... From all sorts of things. You know, people even died before 2020. There were people that were dying from things. Yeah, from <sighs> all kinds of things. That's crazy. Do you know death is a part of life? <laughs> did you know? I did. So, yeah. Yeah. Just it, at the end of life comes death. Mm -hmm. It's uh, fairly certain, actually, yeah. that that's going to happen. So far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And most of the people who died, by the way, were 85 years and older from COVID-19, 248,000, especially over the age of 75. You got about 500,000 people that died that were 75 and older. Over 50% of the deaths. That number increases to about 720,000 once you go 65 and older. That's 720,000 out of the 967,000 current number that we have. That kind of makes me think that that whole Great Barrington Declaration where they were talking about focused in, focusing in on the older, more vulnerable population and making sure that they were protected and allowing the rest of the people in the economy to do their thing would have been the best way to go. But who knows? That's from what I heard, that is uh, Russian propaganda. So Magoo says one thing you got to give Cuomo. He didn't let those grandmas die of alcohol poisoning. That, he saved them actually <laughs> from alcohol. Yeah. Or in drug overdose deaths. So that's good. <laughs> uh, another addition to this, this is only breast cancer and cervical cancer from the cdc.gov uh, wild uh, conspiracy. Straight from the horse's tail. Yeah. Sharp declines in breast and cervical cancer screening. The total number of cancer screening tests received by women through the CDC's National Breast and Cervical Cancer Early Detection Program declined by 87% for breast cancer and 84% for cervical cancer. Now, that was during the beginning part of 2020 after the lockdown started. Likely, some people started going a little bit afterwards, but this is going to have some ramifications down the road that we, that we can't fully understand yet. We read an article a few weeks ago talking about the next uh, major health crisis that hospitals were going to deal with was going to be cancer because catching it early is pretty important. You ever hear someone like, oh, yeah, I got a little bit of cancer. 
And they're like, good thing is we caught it early. Mm. There's a reason they say that. Yeah. It's because, uh, you know, maybe a better, better chance of surviving. I don't know. Who knows? That's what someone from the group just said. Their mom was actually diagnosed with breast cancer during the lockdowns. And she said it was a very early stage and she got it removed and, and it's fine. That's good news. And, uh, but it was terrifying thinking about what would have happened if she'd skipped the screening. Mm-hmm. You skip the screening that goes on for another six months or a year. And now you go get it checked and you're like, oh, well, ugh. you went from stage one to stage four. Yeah. Oops. My, um, my grandpa had cancer during this time. Luckily he was able to find that they were able to, uh, just, uh, go ahead and cut that on out of there. And uh, there's also people that not doing checkups say they could potentially have blockages, things like that, that aren't going enough. And get, there's going to be a lot of... That's what will actually... That's the number one killer right there. Uh, your, your very own heart. It's always your heart. It's yeah. the worst part of your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That thing, that thing will will attack and kill you. You know, I hate it when people are like, don't use your brain, use your heart. And so I'm like, your heart is a piece of tissue that pumps blood mm-hmm. you don't think in your heart it's not no. a thing you don't make i don't know if anyone knows this you don't actually make any decisions from your heart other than which way the blood's supposed to go that's it and you don't even make that decision. no you don't it does yeah. it for you it's autonomous mm-hmm. so anyway mm-hmm. just a psa for everyone who didn't know okay that's your that's your black pill for today um i do believe that the white pill out of this is that we're going to be right about everything that we were super black pilled about over the last couple of years. That's, I can, <laughs> that's so true. So you can always make it a white pill. You can. And you know, this is uh, man, this is horrible for all the folks out there. And this is why also you can't have things centrally planned. Mm. That's the other thing that we're right about is that you needed multiple people from multiple fields, multiple experts for multiple expertise background you can't just have one person controlling the entire system or one group of people controlling the entire system with the goal of decreasing covid deaths and they ignore everything else like there's no externalities to shutting down the economy and we're not forcing people out of jobs talking yet about the millions of people who are going to starve to death over the next 10 years in other countries yeah yeah in other countries considering uh well not only covid but then this war nobody knew about Mm. ukraine produces a third of the world's wheat it's a lot Um, of wheat that's a lot of wheat Mm -hmm. folks and so now there's gonna be millions and millions of people die. You have all because they shut down the economy and put so many people out of work. You have all of the money that they spent on everything, and you have the deficit ballooning to three point one trillion dollars in twenty twenty and two point eight trillion last year. And then they have to find new ways to tax money away from the economy to try and make up for this deficit. And when they tax the money away from the economy, that takes out a productive sector. That ends up uh, having all types of consequences down the road, unseen consequences that we don't even know about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, overall, bad idea to shut down your economy. I'll just say that. The other black pill about this is is that it sucks to be right. Mm. Because it's so hard hard to prove the unseen. And then the reason why we talk about this is because, like, look, we said this two years ago. It came true. Not that we're some sort of prophets or anything. I don't have any disciples. Okay. It's just like this type of stuff. Um, well, it's called economic theory. Basically, anyone who follows a, like Austrian school of economics, yeah. general reason and rationality and logic, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These things are easy to predict. And so then you have to take into consideration, okay, how do you convince people to 
how do you convince folks through your messaging that you were correct about these things and that there's a better way to do them other than essentially talking in hindsight? There's got to be other ways too, but that's one reason why we have to do it. Remember when you were talking, not because we like to gloat, you know, we're probably the most humble podcast host you'll meet. You were talking to your brother about that whole 40,000 people die every, you know, so many percent unemployment rate, all that stuff. You know, you're talking to Trey about that. He's like, oh, that's not, that's not true. Whatever. Just, I mean, like a few months later, once the economy's getting real bad, Bernie's out there posting about how many people die, the worse the economy gets, you know, like they yeah. know this, mm-hmm. they can they use it when it's a nice political weapon for them to use. But when we were first talking about it, when you damage the economy, people die as a result of that through various other ways other than COVID, that was some kind of wild, crazy conspiracy theory. And you're just someone who doesn't care about other people's lives. You're That's, putting profits over people when you're mm-hmm. doing that, even though you're thinking about people when you're doing, when you're making that statement, you know? Yeah, you're just a corporate shill. Yeah, that's all you are, boot-licking. Greedy. Corporate shill. All right, folks, there's an election coming up. It's 2022, not 2020 who. Mm-hmm. It's 2022. And that means it's an election year. Election year for these, for lots of people in the House, some few peacefuls in the Senates, okay? And uh, so the House right now is poised to pass a bill legalizing marijuana. Mm. They're going to they're gonna legalize the grass for y'all folks out there. This is from uh, WGN TV. It's a local station somewhere. I, I picked them because they had America. the best photo for the screenshot. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> out in America, out there. It's a local station, WGN TV, affiliated with ABC or NBC or something like that. Anyway, the House is poised to pass this legislation this week that would legalize marijuana. Just the latest example of the swiftly changing attitudes on drug laws. That marks a near reversal from the Reagan era war on drugs, not the Biden era, <laughs> not the guy who architect, who was the architect of the crime bill, but yeah. Reagan era, which but Reagan it, was. Yeah, hard. it was. He Reagan was hard. Era war on yeah, drugs. Exactly. That also reverberated through the 1990s. <laughs> also reverberated through the night. Isn't that nice how they That's, do that? Yeah. The bill legalizing marijuana has near uniform support among Democrats and top ally and Senate Majority Leader Chucky Schumer erection mm. who has been aiming to reintroduce a similar measure this spring. Of course, he's been aiming to do this his entire 50 it's year on career. His ske- it's, it's on his schedule. Yeah. He's working on it. It's on his list of priorities. Yeah. Quote, what we have seen is that a majority of people now realize that the war on drugs failed. Well, <laughs> who would have thought? Now, there's an important way that they're saying that what we see is that the majority of people now see that the war on drugs failed. Now, they already have plenty of evidence that the war on drugs failed before that. 30 years ago. What's happening now is public opinion has shifted to knowing that the war on drugs failed, and so now they can do something once people have realized that the war on drugs failed. Not that we we found it out. That was found out quite a long time ago. By the way, this, Bill, this is this is a quote from Bloom Nower, Bloom Bloom Nair, Bloom I think Bloom not from Chucky Schumer, by the way. So that's a quote from him, uh, told the Hill. Quote: Drugs are more accessible and cheaper and more potent and dangerous. Nobody won this war except people who were involved with the drug dealers themselves and the state. And the state. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about billions of dollars in civil asset forfeiture, billions of dollars uh, for drug lords in the prisons. 
Yeah. Billions of dollars for prisons. On Thursday, the Senate unanimously passed a bill to expand scientific and medical research on marijuana and its compounds, including cannabis oil. <laughs> cannabis oil. It would further establish a process to expunge the convictions of nonviolent marijuana drug fin- uh, offenders and fund programs to help communities negatively affected by the war on drugs by imposing a federal tax on marijuana sales. I Are you clapping all- for the federal tax? We can all clap for most of this. Yeah. I, I think I think establishing a process to expunge people and get them out of prison yeah. for nonviolent drug crimes is you know huge. The, you know the establishment of the process thing is kind of weird. Like, okay, did you legalize it? Okay, are they in prison for this thing that's legal? Okay, then they should go. Yeah. You should, I just established the process. Just open the door. I just had the whole committee hearing right there. <laughs> is this legal still? No. Okay, you can go. You've, you got the whole workflow worked out. The whole thing. You could even put, yeah. you could put it in Vizio then. if you wanted to. <laughs> you make bubbles and stuff. And there doesn't even need to be an else. Send it in. <laughs> Just if then. Uh, we'll see if we can get that contract from the government to do yeah. their workflow process. <laughs> It'll be $2.8 million yeah. for that. Uh, but of course, you know, see, this is actually the problem. I know this is kind of black pill in this, but the problem has been that the government didn't have this whole entire process worked out mm-hmm. that's why it's taken them so long to do this well, they need a committee to put all this stuff together mm-hmm. when you aren't going to punish people for doing something you've got to make sure you've got that lined out properly you gotta have all mm-hmm. the processes involved with not imprisoning people yeah and they're going to fund all this they said by imposing a federal tax on marijuana sales so now there'll be just like there's a federal gas tax there'll be a federal ga- federal tax on your weed man and uh, it'll be actually be a federal tax on you and your weed man. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and their excuse for that is they need to fund the programs to help these communities and to get people out of jail. That yeah. all has to be funded. Now, there's, now never mind. They're going to take sixty-seven percent of that. It will be administrative costs. Mm-hmm. But you know, thirty-three percent of that money, oof, that's going to go to the fund, fo- folks. Question. Now, the just the philosophical question, I guess. Okay, let's say that you've been putting people in prison and ruining their lives because they partaked in something that <coughs> Come you, on. Had, you had decided they couldn't. Um, let's just dec- just decide that you're going to do that. Do you owe any? Do you owe anything back to those people that you uh, falsely imprisoned during that time? Mm, restitution. Yeah. Just wondering. Mm. Now the problem is they don't have any money. So now they got to take the money from me to give it to people that they wrongly put in prison. I think you'd personally take it out of the personal pockets of the prosecutors. I guess what they're going to do is allegedly take it out of the future sales of marijuana through the tax, which Mm -hmm. they definitely won't use on anything else other than doing this. Well, the reason why is because this bill establishes a trust fund to support various programs and services. Mm, It's a lockbox. Okay. Yeah. And businesses and communities impacted by the war on drugs. It imposes an excise tax on cannabis products produced in or around (laughs) 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 or imported into the United States and an occupational tax on cannabis production facilities and export warehouses makes uh, SBA loans and services available to entities that are cannabis related legitimate businesses or service providers prohibits the denial of federal public benefits to a person on the basis of certain cannabis related conduct or convictions 
prohibits the denial of benefits and protections under immigration laws on the basis of a cannabis-related event and establishes a process to expunge convictions and conduct sentencing review hearings related to federal federal cannabis offenses, which you already detailed out. You have that whole process mm-hmm. already documented. Yeah, lined it out. And it directs the Government Accountability Office to study the societal impact of cannabis led, uh, legalization. So I got, so after read, I'd already looked through those, but after hearing them read out loud to me, I actually, I'm not sure this is going to make it through. They only need a couple Republicans to get on in the Senate. So maybe it still will make through. But when I think about some of the more, like even a libertarian-ish senator like Rand Paul, like Rand Paul, there are some issues in here, like establishing all of these new taxes, establishing the programs for the communities, uh, SBA SBA loans, which I guess if they're available to all the other businesses, then then uh, then whatever. Um, so the taxes on the sale, the taxes on the production, all of that stuff. I, I could see someone like him, even though he would be in favor of legalization or decriminalization, actually being against this. And what I wonder is, did they craft this bill? in a way that it would pass the House but wouldn't pass the Senate so they could then hold it over the election. They could, yeah, blame, you know? blame the Republicans. So they can blame. That's that's I think, what I so, would do if I were them. Here's the thing. Sometimes I think about, like, okay, what if I was a politician? And I think, I mean, I don't know all the details of this bill. I haven't read through everything. But I think this is something I would probably, like, give in on because mm-hmm. it's worse for people to lose their personal freedom like literally have their life taken away from them and they're in a cage mm. for something that's not violent at all. And it's, it's literally a, a naturally growing plant um, versus, you know, giving up a little bit on the taxes, even though I hate taxes. Yeah. And that puts everybody in a, in kind of a prison, but at least you can walk around. Are you, are you a pothead Thompson? No, I'm not. Okay. Just making sure. I, I actually, a personal story here. I've tried marijuana multiple times. Um, yeah. In the past, like a hundred, 200 times, <laughs> literally. Yes. And I can they tell call you, that smoking weed. <laughs> I, can, what they call I can tell you, I, I only enjoyed maybe like two occasions. Mm. Every, everyone else, every, every other time was God awful. And I don't like it. I don't like, were you state. already hammered drunk by the time that you had it? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes then somebody told me like, well, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let me do it without. Mm hmm. And I still don't like the way it makes me feel. No, oh, it's fine. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I hate the smell of it too. God, the smell is awful. You learn to like it. It smells so bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I don't smoke weed, by the way. I just thought that I would just cover all of that. Did you try it? All once? of that stuff. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was on one of the nights I had tequila. I don't really know. I don't remember any of the nights I had tequila. Tequila, barely so, know her. Yeah. All right, some stats here. Marijuana arrests account for 43% of all drug arrests in the United States. So these police officers are going to be losing some money. Mm. The, uh, the U.S. makes, uh, on average, 600,000 mar- uh, marijuana arrests every year. They spend $3.6 billion on the marijuana arrest every year. And a marijuana conviction can cost the felon from $2,000 to $20,000 in defenses. The Federal Bureau of Prisons released its latest records on the number of inmates incarcerated and related offenses. According to the documents, inmates who committed drug offenses of all types 
had the highest number, accounting for 46.3% of all incarcerated individuals. Almost half half of our drug-related offenses are filled because of the war on drugs. The Colorado crime rates after legalization of the substance have been the subject of research inquiry year after year. Most researchers share the same purpose for their study to provide policymakers and citizens data to help them make informed decisions. Oh, by the before you get further into this, this statistic right here, um, they actually, they didn't see a decrease, uh, I believe, in, in crime related to marijuana in Colorado after legalization. And there is one main problem here. That's after you put all of these crazy taxes on everything, it's more expensive than the weed that you could continue getting from the person that you're already getting weed from. Mm -hmm. Um, That's all the people I know in Illinois that are in this market. market, They're like, yeah, I don't go to the stores. I just keep getting where I've been getting. It's way cheaper, you know, Mm -hmm. but you still technically it's illegal to do that. So now they're looking for those people. You just got to go to the store once mm-hmm. to get the package. And then that way, she's like, oh, well, I just got it from this package, yeah. sir. All right. Contrary to the belief of legalization supporters, the marijuana black market, which is just the market, folks, continues to boom several years after the state's legalization. In fact, one DEA team reports that handling marijuana trafficking accounts for 15% of its time and efforts. Just like cigarettes, man. After legalization. Mm-hmm. This is a threefold increase from the time they spent before the legalization of the substance. Consequently, the Colorado Division of Criminal Justice reports a 42% increase in charges for unregulated marijuana manufacturing. (laughs) So that's what you're going to jail for now. Where keeping it free goes wrong right there is is when you don't actually keep it free. Okay, so what's the white pill from this, Charlie? What This sounds more like a dumb bleep episode or like a normal episode. Is there something good to take away from this? I mean, I think I think starting to recognize that the war on drugs green has failed. Green pill, nice. It is, yeah. There we go, a green pill. <laughs> I, I think starting to recognize that the war on drugs has failed, something libertarians have known for 30 years, at least people are starting to recognize the same thing and politicians admitting that and politicians admitting that yes. And, and getting people out of jail. I think that's a good thing. Um, so I think there are definitely white pills. It's obviously not perfect. It never will be because we're dealing with imperfect human beings that have power and they still want to make sure that their coffers are stuffed. Question for the group that's listening right now um, is uh, expunging or releasing everyone with marijuana related offenses, is that worth uh, allowing all of the regulations and taxes that would come with this law? What decision would you make? I think Amanda said she might still be against it. Um, I, I'm just thinking on that right now. You, you guys keep, you guys keep thinking on that. Let us know here in the group. So let's, uh, and by the way, just a real quick annoying libertarian conversation, I'm not endorsing uh, people going out and smoking marijuana all the time. Okay. I, I don't think that there's really, I think that in 10 years, we won't talk about it any differently than we do alcohol. I, I would say maybe not even 10 years. It might be sooner than that. Now, culturally, society wise, uh, yeah, maybe 10 years, we won't talk about it any differently. And we will look back on these days as we do the prohibition of alcohol. And uh, I think the people should be free to do whatever they want to their bodies. If you harm someone, there's already laws for that. Mm. Okay. 
So if there is a victim, then there's a law for that. If there is no victim, if you're just harming yourself, hey, we can disagree with it. We can think that you're making a bad decision, but it's no one else's job to stop you from ruining your life mm-hmm. and preventing you from being able to do that. Or let's not assume it's going to ruin your life. It's no one else's job to stop you yeah. from eating Cheetos and watching cool movies and listening to sweet music all the time. Okay, It's not like an extra penalty that like if you did something under the influence of anger. Yeah. Well, he got it. He was, he was DUI, man, driving mm. under the influence of anger. The anger God had a hold of him. Yeah. And he was flipping people off and shooting bullets up in the air as he was running all over the road. We don't do that kind of stuff. So it's like what define under the influence. Mm. Are you under the influence of a the demon rum alcohol? The d- <laughs> demon rum? Are you under the influence of, of an anger God or the, under the influence of an ideology? When you shoot up a park full of representatives and senators. And technically every crime is under the influence right? of some sort. <laughs> Wouldn't you be under the influence of something? Maybe the the stars aligned correctly in your astrological calendar and you're under the influence of the moon god mm-hmm. facing a certain direction towards Allah or something. I don't this, know. This conversation really took a turn. I, I just tell you. I, define under the influence for me. I'm going to Bill Clinton you right now. Mm. I'm, I'm getting to the point of the point of all this crazy turning is we are crime is a crime. It doesn't matter what you're under the influence of. It's it unless should, it's against someone of a different race. It's, <laughs> you then would, it's way worse. You would say that. Yeah. Okay. So we always got to cover some kind of cool innovation and this one hits close to home. How close to home it hits home. All right. Except for the fact that this is a story about John Deere and we don't have any of those Galder and commie tractors on our farm back home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, I had two different I had two different lives growing up. My parents divorced when I was young. My mom, uh, school teacher, you know, we we grew up, you know, pretty poor. You know, on my dad's side, he's got a big farm. You know, grew up on a farm, helping on the farms on the weekends. So, like I say, I grew up on a farm and I grew up in a trailer park. Those are both true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in for this story, I've been to both places. For this story, listen, I grew up on a farm. So let me t- let me tell you about this. <laughs> New John. Y'all hate John Deere. <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, your dad does. Your grandpa loves John. Deere. No. Oh no. Oh. No. You take those words out of your mouth. I'm I, about almost Will Smith. You over here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. They, what, they disagree on seed. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's disagreements on various okay. fronts. Yeah. <clears throat> that, as happens inside of a family. Who's a better farmer? <laughs> yeah. That's the main disagreement. <laughs> Okay, John Deere, John Deere tractors plow day and night with no one in the cab. Mm. Autonomous farming is going to debut in 2022. How about that? That's this year, man. Good News Network brought us this one. Go Stay, to goodnewsnetwork.org. debuting in the desert. Now, what's really cool about this conversation <laughs> is the comments on this are, this is going to hurt farmers. This is bad for uh, America. This is going to make all the big corporate massive farmers, you know, even even better and all that. And so there are some economic conversations that can be had here and just the cool fact that we've made it to this point because I actually think that this is a good thing. So John Deere just unveiled a self-driving tractor to plow America's acreage by day or night without a driver. Unveiled at the Consumer Technology Association Convention 2022 in Las Vegas, John Deere has said that the Autonomous tractor will enable farmers to place seeds, also known as planting, spread nutrients, and harvest their crops without having to touch the steering wheel. <clears throat> For so why, why'd they put a steering wheel in it? 
Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Sometimes you have to do it. I don't know. So for a quote, no, 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 not a quote. This is not a quote. For a tractor, there are no intersections, pedestrians, tall buildings to block GPS signals, traffic, or balls rolling into the road. And so an autonomous vehicle has much less to contend with. That is, of course, unless you're participating in a protest and you're driving your tractor to block the streets <laughs> and uh, Ontario or Ottawa or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. As large and segmented as America's hinterlands are, farmers have often have to plow, cultivate, seed spray, and harvest many thousands of acres miles away from each other. With an autonomous tractor, they can plow one field robotically and another the old-fashioned way, giving farmers more time to do more sensitive work. Given the changing climatic conditions... The opportunity to double or triple the labor inputs to capitalize on short periods of ideal temperature and moisture can mean thousands of dollars more per acre for farmers. Now, that part is true also in the cool part of the climate change conversation. If we do do go down that route, is what a lot of people say is that eventually people will adapt. And this is one way that they're going to be able to adapt. Let me tell you what, when you're farming and you got good weather out there and it's time to plant, you plant from sun up to sundown or whatever time it's good to start out there and you plant until you can't see no more because you got to get you don't know if it's going to start raining tomorrow and rain for a month you know you just don't you don't know you could end up having that uh sideways rain like a little bit of stinging rain mm-hmm. or like rain that comes up from underneath and if you yep. look at the farmer's almanac mm-hmm. it ain't going to tell you much no it's <laughs> it's really not so uh john deere maintains that advanced technology has always been on the farm And those thought of as some of the most rustic of Americans are actually now capable of wielding some of the richest fruits of technological innovation. There's one other thing I will say. I was just going through some of the stuff with my dad a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it's been a month ago now, who knows? And the stuff that they have on these farms, I remember, I can't remember if it was Biden or someone else that was running and made some type of implication that farmers were simple why don't you try doing that? There is so much stuff that goes into doing this. And these tractors are already insanely advanced spaceships. It's ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just, just telling you. Uh, the company, uh, they've not released an official price yet, but $500,000 is thought to be a ballpark estimate. Now that sounds like an awful lot. That's a lot. It is a lot of money. It's not that much compared to a lot of new farm equipment, mm-hmm. uh, just just so everyone knows. And especially if you can have that out there working while you're doing something else, which I can just tell you for the first few years, it's not going to happen. The guy's going to sit in the tractor, make sure the tractor does a good job every yeah. time it's in the field. But once you build up some trust with your tractor, whatever you name it, then you'll allow, that, allow it to go out there and uh, do the job that you won't let your youngest son go do. <laughs> so, well, I, yeah. I mean, most of your, well, a lot of your small time <clears throat> farmers, mm-hmm. they're still good old boys from, yeah, you know, from the down hauler. So, so they, they don't trust nothing. They, they ain't going to trust this, Mm-mm. this spaceship to go out there and do that. Will this help or hurt small farmers? I think it's going to help actually even smaller farmers. Now, not your little, small, small farmers, you know, like a hundred acres or something like that. Uh, but overall, like your midsize or, or whatever size farm, uh, my, my family's farming, a, you know, a couple thousand or so. And this would actually help. One thing that's really difficult 
to do is find someone that can go out there and do the job properly because it's actually a skilled labor position. If you plant wrong, you're screwed. You can't really fix that mm. afterwards. So I think this is actually going to help. And um, well, you could, it would just take a lot of time. And then day or night also, that's going to help a ton with timing. You're actually going to have higher yields because the time that you get seeds in the ground and the time, the timing that you're able to do all this it actually helps the yields down the road from it. And so I think this is actually going to be good for everyone, including farmers and good for all of our prices, which those coming down is not exactly good for farmers, but you know the thing. And so anyway, I like innovation. I think it's cool. Mm. And I don't think we need to be against this. So no. anyhow. Agree, man. That's all we got. I wanted to uh, end with something just fun. Yes. Because I thought it was fun. This is fantastic, by the way. So uh, <laughs> this coming from uh, Tim Ca- uh, Timcast. Thanks, Tim Pool. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, Daily Wire CEO launches Jeremy's Razors in response to woke products. So uh, Boring and his associates have now started a campaign against Harry's on IHateHarry's.com. What a great URL. IHateHarry's.com and launched their own product called Jeremy's Razors. In a statement on the website, Boring said, We told them... Harry's, we told Harry's, if you ever denounce our audience, we will spend the energy we would promoting you doing the opposite. Harry's and their ilk don't want you in their world, but I want you in mine. So stop giving your money to people who hate you. Give it to me instead. So the, you have a great, this is the commercial. The, uh, the advertisement I think is, is really good. And the, the main, the overall point, the reason that I think, and Charlie and I both think this is cool is that we have all these issues with uh, some of these terrible corporations having too much power and there's just nothing that we can do about it. And you do see people every once in a while uh, coming into that market that have a more free market mindset or that have a less woke mindset. And I think that, I think it's a really great example to point towards that actually if you create enough value and enough wealth for people in society, we allow as many people as possible to create that wealth that actually in that free market alternatives can pop up and I don't use a razor myself. So, um, I don't, I don't know if they're going to be good. Yeah. Probably just going to the same factory and putting their name on it is what's going to happen. So, um, anyway, I think, I think that it's pretty cool. So, well, Harry, so Harry's razors was a long time advertiser with daily wire. And then they basically, pulled advertising and other things because they disagreed with what Ben Shapiro was saying. Yeah. Essentially. They well, they, it was actually Michael Knowles and they were talking about, you know, the, the trans argument, the boys and girls, stuff oh, like yeah. that. So they were upset about that. So anyway, wherever you are on that, I just want to deal with something fun. And if you're not in a fun mood, then, you know, sign off on the group. I don't care. Just uh, do whatever you want. But I thought it would be fun. Charlie and I are going to watch this commercial because it's a great commercial and I think that everyone else who's watching will enjoy it if you haven't seen it already. Do you remember when there were two genders and only one and a half of them had to shave their mustaches? Oh, hi, I'm Jeremy Boring, CEO and God King of The Daily Wire. Harry's Razors used to advertise on our shows. They're a great product and we were happy to do it. That's before some peon who works for me went and said that boys are boys and girls are girls. And that was just too much for Harry's. They condemned our views, views held by millions of Americans and virtually every human who's walked the planet until about 15 minutes ago as inexcusable. And they dropped their ads from our network because of what they called values misalignment. 
You're damn right our values are misaligned. And it's not just Harry's either. Gillette razors used to be the best a man could get. Then they decided that men are too toxic. Unless you're the kind of man who teaches his daughter to shave her beard. If that makes sense to you, keep buying Gillette. But if you've had enough of the woke bullshit, and you're tired of paying companies like Harry's and Gillette to hate you, Using the boring company flamethrower right there. Not a flamethrower. Not a Behold Jeremy's razors. Yes, they're real. Yes, they're fabulous. But Jeremy, you say, you're a svelte silver fox with a salt and pepper beard that's the envy of lesser men. <laughs> you're damn right I am. And I want to be clear that shaving with a Jeremy's razor won't actually make you look more like yes, me. You're giving me fierce. You're giving me power. Could make you look more like this guy, though. And that's the most homoerotic moment you'll ever get from a Jeremy's razor commercial. What kind of man shaves with a Jeremy's razor? I don't know. How about cowboys, firefighters, those guys that shot Osama bin Laden? I mean, no, none of those guys have ever even heard of a Jeremy's razor, but, but imagine how much more manly they'd be if they had. Right now, you're probably wondering if this whole thing is a joke. Sure it is, but that doesn't mean it isn't real or that it won't be the best shave of your life. Harry's Razors doesn't want your business. I do. They seem to hate you, and I, well, I can't say that I love you, but I don't mean you any specific harm. Our country's in trouble. Conservatives are being canceled by Hollywood, the media, universities, and now Harry's Razors. Stop giving your money to woke corporations who don't think you deserve their product. Give it to me instead. I hate Harry's. I think it's a pretty good website idea. I think Just this saying. is hilarious. Yeah, I do too. Now, people in the group don't agree. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to have fun watching that commercial with my, my friend Charlie. So <laughs> who cares? I, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, and I do I do think it's a, you know, it's one thing. It's really cool to create an alternative for people that people can go to in the market. Like, I don't know what else we want to do. I'm not going to try and control Harry's or control Gillette or anything just create a new company and say that it's for everyone that wants to use it and we don't you know hate any specific people with it other than Russia yeah. maybe they hate Russia I don't know Magumich's Dollar Shave Company they I, I think Dollar Shave Company actually came out first and then, yeah they were the, then yeah, Harry's they were yeah Harry's was second Harry's was a little bit better at marketing I think uh, than Dollar Shave Club well was. Dollar Shave had some really good ads too or still have. Yep. I don't know. They had some good ones. And for then, sure. Hey, why not more competition? The cheaper you can get your razor blades, the better, I think. Yeah. If they so. have like a, if they have any other kind of, ra- like I don't use a, I can't use a razor. I don't use a razor either. On this stuff. Mm. How do you know? You keep your cheeks and your, everything just all flush. I just have a, like a close electric. Mm. One. Well, if they come I'll up just, with that, then I'll, I'll get one from yeah. them. Cause I buy those. I buy typically the cheapest one that I possibly can at TJ Maxx. And then it works for about two mm-hmm. months and I buy another one. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. if I'm going to buy another one sometime, I'll get it from them. I also have a lot less hair. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't grow as well. Mm, just your mustache. Like right just here. Just strong, thick mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, imagine how much stronger it would be if you were using one of their razors though. If I was using Jeremy's. By the way, that's not a paid advertisement. I just think it's cool when people come into the market and offer products. Mm-hmm 
to uh, to people and alternatives because that's what I want the free market to do. Even if they do throw out an ad specifically political and targeted, if that's what they are going to do to get all of their, you know, they had, I think uh, he was on Tim Pool, Boring was, they did 25,000 subscriptions in the first week, just the, just the first week. I'm constantly impressed by what the Daily Wire is doing, you know, and if this helps them take another unconstitutional law or executive order to the Supreme Court sometime, I think that's pretty good too, because we kind of have them to think for that whole, you know, Biden employer mandate not going through. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I hope they keep doing good stuff like that. And I'll disagree with them when I disagree with them on something and agree with them when I agree with them. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Say what you want to say. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, then please share the show with a friend, a family member, a foe, and everyone who hates Jeremy Boring and Harry's at the (laughs) same time. Hate them all. I don't care. Just share it with them. And hit that follow or subscribe button. Go to joingml.com to be part of the live group. You know you want in. You know you want past Nate's wall. You know you at least want to come check the wall out. So go to joingml.com. If you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.